Good morning, Thrive. My name is Scott Gilliland, and I'm one of the associate pastors here at Lover's Lane, and this is Reagan Gilliland, and she's also an associate pastor, and this is Andy Jane, and she's how old? Four, and old enough to lead worship, evidently. That was not planned, if you couldn't tell, but that is Andy's favorite worship song. Can you tell Pastor Didi and Mr. Rafe thank you? Oh my gosh, that made her day. Um, that is our favorite song to jam to in the car. Andy, are you going to sit up here with us during the sermon, or do you want to go hang out down in, this, down in the room? Okay, you okay. can go hang out. We'll see you in a little bit, okay, sweetie? Big jump. Good job. <laughs> so, you are joining us, if you don't know, for Thrive Worship here at Lover's Lane, where Reagan and I get to be the co-pastors. And uh, you're at Lover's Lane United Methodist Church, where our uh, mission statement is loving all people into relationship with Jesus Christ. And if this is your first Sunday to be watching, you've picked an interesting one, because this is our last Sunday uh, to be associate is pastors it? here at Lover's Lane. I know, I feel like we mentioned I it a couple times. I didn't cry in the shower yesterday. It's, it's all fine. good. I didn't cry in the car on the way up here this morning. And so, this is our, this is our last Sunday. Sunday. It, we'll talk more about, about why that is uh, as part of our sermon, but uh, we've been in this sermon series called Bones for this month of June, and it has fascinated me. As this happens so often when we'll plan a sermon series and we'll select some scripture, and we do this months and months in advance, yeah. and it's incredible how those scriptures can be so timely. Um, yes. Last couple of weeks, it's allowed us to speak into the, the current crises facing our nation mm -hmm. around race and race, racism and systemic racism. My brain's kind of mushy yeah. today. Um, today, it actually allows us to talk about pastoral and leadership transition yeah. um, because the story of Joseph and Joseph's bones um, absolutely uh, helps us to talk about this subject on this Sunday. So um, be patient with us today. Both our brains are a little muddy. There's yeah. going to be some tears, I'm sure, uh, but I think there will also be some smiles and some joy, and we hope that uh, we can address not just all that's happened, but also all that is to come and to leave us all with some hope and some joy uh, and some gladness this morning. So with all that being said, let's read from Genesis chapter 50, beginning in verse 24. Genesis chapter 50, beginning in verse 24. This is the last chapter of the book of Genesis and the last verses of the book. And then we're going to read from the book of Exodus. So here's Genesis chapter 50. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die. God will certainly take care of you and bring you out of this land to the land he promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Joseph made Israel's sons promise, when God takes care of you, you must bring up my bones out of here. Joseph died when he was 110 years old. They embalmed him and placed him in a coffin in Egypt. So this was like a really nice burial. And then in the book of Exodus, chapter 13, verse 19, we see those bones mentioned again. It says, Moses took with him Joseph's bones, just as Joseph had made Israel's sons promise when he said to them, when God takes care of you, you must carry my bones out of here with you. These are the words of God for the people of God. Let us say, thanks, thanks be to God. Okay, so if you are familiar with Genesis at all, um, or maybe you're not, so this is the very last chapter in the book of Genesis. And sometimes I forget how much is packed into this very first book right. of the Bible. Like you forget that there are some major players. There's some Think of all the Sunday right. school stories you remember There's from the There's a kid. lot, yeah, yeah that yeah. are just in this first book. And so 
you know, this, we get to this point, chapter 50 of Joseph, and it's just this, like, incredible celebration. It's, right. I mean, it is this big high point. Um, but you think about it, if you have to go, when you go back. Say a word about why Joseph was a high point. Oh, yeah. So Just in know, case people don't know. Yeah. So, you know, God's people start off kind of as nobodies. You know, they weren't. Right. A big deal, I guess. Especially and, compared to someone like Egypt. Right. Egypt times. was the powerhouse. Right. And and we see Joseph is is the right hand of, of the Pharaoh, which Pharaoh at this time was considered uh, God considered by his people. God. Right. Um and Joseph had um you know, he had been Jacob's favorite son, his brothers were jealous, um, they threw him in a pit, you know, they sold him into slavery. It's a great dance scene in the musical with this. Um, and is it though? Is it great? It, it is. Is that musical great? <laughs> so we have hot sports opinions about Donny Osmond. I had to I had to tap out on on uh, on Donny Osmond musical about 15 minutes and I was like, this is not for me. This is. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so you know, Joseph was in jail. I mean, probably starving. Just I mean, he really literally hit rock bottom. Sure. But he had this gift of dreams, and he somehow got these connections. Not somehow. I mean, it was really God right. placing him into God these, was faithful and delivered him. And, and, you know, placing him in these positions where he had um, just the right, being at the right time, the right place, kind of. And ends up climbing the ladder to be the right hand of Pharaoh. And so, I mean, God's people are like, oh, my gosh. Like, it does not get. Look what God can accomplish. Yeah. Like, right. look. Look where we are now because of, of God leading us. Wow. And so you see this. But, you know, people have opinions about Joseph if he was really, if he was the favorite, if he really had a big ego, he was high on himself. Um, but I, I pray and I hope, I think Joseph at this time was able to look back and see that I'm only here, I'm only at this position because of all the people that came before me, mm. all the wonderful people that, that stepped out and, and, and were bold in their faith and, and, and listened to God. And really it was, it was God that had gotten him to that place. He mentions Abraham and Isaac yeah, and he, Jacob he's and remembering God's faithfulness like, I didn't, I didn't do this on my own. Right. Like, it wasn't just me. Like, I'm mm. not that great. I, I, I think that Joseph realized, oh my gosh, I am part of such an incredible story. Mm. Um, and I think he probably still knew that there was, that there was more to come because, you know, obviously he says, take my bones to Egypt or take my bones out of here. When um, God does this, right? Not yeah. if, but when. Yeah. Right. So there's this, this faithfulness of knowing like, gosh, there's so much good to come right. ahead. And so I just, I do really love this, this story. That's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. So it's, it's, he's having this kind of last chapter moment, right? Yes. So our, the first thing we want to say this morning about this text is, is you know, looking at Joseph's story, looking at how it's, he's the culmination of mm-hmm. God's first big story in Genesis. You know, last chapter moments, those are those moments when, when you know you're closing a chapter on a season in your yeah. life, right? We're experiencing a last chapter moment today and in this yeah. season. Um, it, maybe you've had a last chapter moment uh, in your work or with a relationship or, or I don't know. I don't know your story. I don't know what those last chapters yeah. look like, but you do. And those can be seasons when it can be easy for us to look back with maybe regret or remorse. You think about all that you didn't do or weren't able to accomplish, but I don't think that's where God wants our spirits to be in those Mm -hmm. moments. I think it's more helpful for us to try to adopt a spirit of gratitude, right? I mean, Joseph's story was not 
it wasn't one where everything worked out all the time. No. There were certainly things he could have done better, sure. things that could have turned out better in the mm -hmm. moment. Um, but he doesn't look back at those things. He looks back and, and finds ways to be grateful for the whole package, the whole story, and, and everything before him, like you said. Yeah. So last chapter moments are a great time to look back and be grateful for all of those who made your story possible. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've, we've been reminiscing for quite a while, uh, sure. personally. The second uh, we got the call. The second yeah. we got the call. Um, and just thinking about all that has happened, you know, we just preached in the main sanctuary and we thought about all those moments mm. and that being in that, that place. But, you know, this room is, is so special. So I, I remember in, it was probably January, February okay. of 20, 2011, um, that I remember walking in this room and Scott was setting up for Fat Tuesday for, the, you know, Big Pancake yep. or Jambalaya. I think Pastor Bruce was Pastor doing Bruce made his famous Jambalaya. And... Uh, and actually, Kay's going to mention this in a little bit, but you were wearing a beanie, and I thought, oh, he's kind of cute. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we have a picture of I was of, cute of for Scott, like a minute. Of Scott. Uh, Which one do you want? It's the one of you, and I think it's Oh, Mardi the Mardi Gras, Gras, Mardi Gras photo. I think we, photo. Oh, the, oh there, yeah, yeah, there I am. So I thought he, that guy was cute. I know. I, that guy. That guy. Yeah. Really? Yeah, You I were did. desperate. I was. You were desperate. Um, I was actually dating someone at the time, so that's the real kicker. But yeah. um, I was I, just too hot to handle. Right. And then I remember preaching like my real first sermon in here in a crosswalk, actually. Right. And I preached on, you know, Jesus healing the man and, and saying like, do you want to get well? I remember that like it was yesterday. Um, and I thought, hey, maybe I could do this preaching thing. We got married in this room, and I think yep. we have some pictures. We got married, the most epic wedding yep. of, of all in the history of everything. Um, Not that we're arrogant or And anything. then Kay got married in here, so it was the second best <laughs> wedding. <laughs> and um, the VBS that happened in this room, like just seeing all the kids yeah. and, and dancing, and, and everybody's Christmas has been, the dinners have been in this room. Um, Thrive was born in this room. Mm. I remember like, how empty it was when we started. <laughs> but how, how faithful the, the, yeah. those who were here were yeah. and how committed they were and, yeah. and how it's grown as a result. Yeah, and just people joining in membership and babies being baptized. The one time the bishop randomly showed up when I was preaching. And <laughs> I was so glad you were preaching that Sunday. <laughs> Had oh, a heart man. attack. It's fine. <laughs> but this room really, I mean, it has it's such a special sacred it's a place. Special special room for us. Yeah, you know, I, I think about spaces too, and I'm glad you said that. I also think about people, you know, that's, no. I mean, I know your heart normally goes to people, but yeah. mine does too in these kinds of moments. When I'm in those last chapter moments, I think about all the people who've left their mark on me. Because mm -hmm. when I think about the guy that walked into this place 10 years ago, you know, I was 21 or 22 at the time. I had more energy than sense. <laughs> I was desperate for a job, and uh, Stan was foolish enough to give me one. And yeah, it was with the kids' ministry, and I think about my, my kids' ministry team members, I think about Jamie, who yeah. sent me that first invitation to join the, the, the team. Um, I think about <coughs> Amy Tucker, um, who I shared an office with for my first year until she passed away from cancer. Mm -hmm. um, I think about Leah Chickenbindi, who taught me how to um, look at children's ministry and children through the eyes of an immigrant and, and yeah. different cultures. Um, I think about, you know, going to Renew and that being my first, you know, adult ministry post here at Lover's Lane. And I think about Ted Campbell who taught me how to love 
and to be rooted in Wesleyan theology and the, and the communion table. And I think about Cindy Clampett and the Motleys and their faithfulness yeah. and just willing to do whatever, whenever. I think about um, Joyce DeHaven, who prays for her grandson every single week mm-hmm. in that Wednesday evening service without fail. Um, I think about uh, Carol and Peggy, who taught me the importance of ritual and how that can be a grace when we understand it correctly. Yeah. And then you talked about Thrive, right? Yeah. I think about the folks who've been with us from day one. Yeah, they stuck with us. Yeah, I think about folks like the Truscotts and the Velvins and you know, the, how the, lead, the leadership they've exhibited since yeah. the very beginning meetings about could Thrive be a thing. Uh-huh. Um, and I just think about all the, I mean, there's too many to name. You, you know who you are. I, yeah. I think about the Shavers and the Brassos and the Delcuses and yeah. the guys I meet with at Village Burger Bar. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, just I, the it, group, the Schiffsman, the Rossbacks, you know, people that have been in this church and gave Thrive a try. And they the folks we're looking out right now and wondering where you are, yeah. you know, because we know exactly where you sit. Yep, Carol and Daryl right there. Carol and the Daryl. Um, yeah, and just being able to, all the premarital and seeing, you know, seeing people, and we got to baptize some of those babies recently and, and knowing that, you know, you got to do premarital with them and you got to marry them and now we got to baptize their children to the Lyndon Myers and just the, the sacred Walters. spaces yeah. we've been invited um, into and just getting to meet I mean I know every pastor says this but our congregation is just Lover's it's Lane really, is special. It is special. It's a church that says yes to people and, yeah. and to the kinds of people that not every church says yes to. Yeah. People like a 21-year-old who doesn't know what the heck he's doing. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'll speak for myself. You were pretty put together when you got here, but I wouldn't be who I am yeah. in any way if it wasn't for the thousands of people who have left a handprint on me in right. my time at Lover's Lane. And I'm going to stop talking or else I'm going to start tearing up. Um, it's fine. But it's just <laughs> that, it's that heart of gratitude. And that's usually where a gratitude spirit can take you to as a place of vulnerability. And that's important. Yeah. It's important to name what you're thankful for and to allow the tears to do the talking sometimes. Um, yeah. So those, uh, once again, those last chapter moments are a great time to look back and to, and to be grateful for all of those who made your story yeah. possible. To know that you're not an isolated event. Right? Yeah. Um, so I want to talk for a moment about, about leadership because, you know, so we, we've talked about everything that's come before. And, you know, God does not call us to be stuck in the ways of the past. We're yeah. talking a moment how God does call us to remember the past. Is that your, Yep, that's your connection. Sorry. It's all good. And um, God calls us to, rem- to remember our past. But, but um, let's talk about the present for a second. Because the present that we're in is a, is a present of transition, right? Um, we are in the midst of transition in our own lives as we consider and, and go to new churches and, and get to meet new faces and learn new stories. Pastor Andy and his family are in transition as you all begin to receive them in the next couple of weeks. I think you're okay. Oh. Um, yeah. Nope. Oh. All right. I'm just going to end that real quick, and we're going to get her a handheld for a second. Um, adapting on the fly. That's one of the values I love here at Lover's Lane, though. So um, in the midst of transition, that's where we find ourselves. And I think about the story of Joseph and Joseph's bones and how it illustrates that fluid leadership, meaning leaders that are appointed for a time and a place, and then they move on, and then new leaders come in. 
That's the Methodist system, as we call it, the itinerant system that we participate in, right? It's, right. it's where yeah. we don't get hired by a church. The, the bishop, who's not God, but right. who consults with the Holy Spirit and the cabinet, yes. um, discerns the right place for pastors to go and, and discerns the needs of the local church and the gifts of the pastor. And that's really a biblical principle because I think about Joseph and Moses and Joshua, who we didn't name in Scripture, but who is yeah. kind of the third leader of those three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua is the last one that will carry Joseph's bones, and he's the one that will help Joseph's bones find a resting place right. in the promised land. Mm-hmm. Reagan, say a word about how Joseph and Moses and Joshua were called to different seasons. So yeah, I mean, Joseph did, you know, Joseph um, was pretty confident in who he was sure. <laughs> and kind of knew his gifts and he knew um, kind of how to strategize and do things. He, he really boldly stepped into being a leader. Like, I don't think he shied away from it. And then you've got Moses, who did not want to... Anyone but me, Lord. Anyone but me. Right. He, did, he didn't really have the confidence. Um, but he did trust God. Yes. And then we've got Joshua, who, my goodness, um, he also had a, a, a pretty big role. because Who know, wants to follow Moses. Who wants to follow Moses. Right. <laughs> and he knew that he was going to be actually getting the people to the promise that, you know, Moses never, never saw it. He and, had to build the new thing. Yeah, he, he had, couldn't just wander right. around. We got to have a nation. And once he got there, it wasn't like they were going to this place that was already settled. Like no, there was no to, IKEA. Right, they had to start all over again. Yeah. Um, and thinking about that, and so I, what's interesting about those leaders, you couldn't have switched them around because no. they would have failed. Like if Moses would have been where Joseph was, like he would not have risen to probably be. With them. They, they were absolutely yeah. called and equipped to yeah. do the job for that time and that season. Right. And so I think it's, it's one thing that has helped us through this as we've been praying for a long time about right. different things um, because we could have stayed here forever. We uh, joked that we could have bought a niche in the column. Right. We talked know? about it. <laughs> um, that uh, realizing that, um, you know, we have, we have gifts. Sure. And uh, we've you been, have tremendously I have more a than lot me. More. I have right, a lot I've got more. like three. Yes. Um, you have the rest. Uh, but realizing like almost, we, I almost felt like Moses in a way of like, this is how far we can, we can take our people. Like we mm. need a Joshua to come mm. to take them further yeah. or farther. I never, farther, further. I, no, no one knows. No one knows. No one knows. Um, and I think there's something great about really passing it on to someone to say like, oh my gosh, you get to take him to places. And we've said this, like, you're going to take them to places that we never could because right. we're all, all of us, not just pastors, every one of us are called and equipped in different ways. And, and realizing your gifts and knowing when it's your season and when it's time to, to move on and step aside and let someone else, I mean, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. It's a hard but um, beautiful thing. I mean, you really do have to learn to be obedient. You and, do. Um, but I... I already know, like, I'm not going to, like, oh, I, I wish I would have stayed. No, like, I think for both of us, the Holy Spirit has confirmed yeah. time and time again. Like, we have felt it. Stan have has felt, felt it. it. Kay has felt it. Pastor Andy has felt it. That it's time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, when I look at this scripture, I see that God called Joseph and Moses and Joshua to each lead Israel for mm-hmm. a specific season. And then I want to say, you know, for us and for you at home, God has called you uniquely for this time, this place, in this moment, right? Um, I, some of us may not think of ourselves as leaders, right? You yeah. may say, Scott, I'm not a leader. 
That's baloney. <laughs> if you have influence over literally anybody in your world, yeah. whether that's in your home, at the office, in your neighborhood, your next door neighbor, I don't, you know, I don't. Yeah. Everybody is a leader in some capacity. Yeah. And, and it's, the question is not, am I a leader? But how is God calling me to lead? Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, especially when we're in a position of leadership that we can identify, it's important for us to know, is this a season when God's calling me to stay and to persevere and to endure? Even if I'm frustrated, yeah. can I push through and, 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 and make it to the next level? Or even if I'm comfortable, even if I love what I'm doing, is God yeah. calling me to the next thing? Yeah. Um, because that kind of fluid leadership style, it, it constantly grows us and shapes us, and it also blesses the people that we're called to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that gives us a lot of peace in this, right. knowing that, that we see God at work through the story of Joseph and Moses and Joshua, and we see God at work in the story here at Lover's Lane, as we've seen pastors come and go during our tenure. Right. And we know that, that the church will see that with our departure right. and with Andy's arrival. I, you know, it's funny. We've, of course, we've gotten some texts and messages of like, don't go, please stay, you know. Right. But one, one thing that, you know, even Jesus did not, did not stay. Not yeah. that we're Jesus. Let's, let's be clear. Thank you. But Thank you for that. There's something about like the disciples were really upset. Like, please don't go. And he's like, no, I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. Right. And just think about like, we can't, we can't cling on to, to pe- you know, to people because I feel like God always has something ahead. Life I don't is, know. Life is seasonal. Yeah. And, and it's, so and it's beautiful that way. I just think about I think about the way that Jesus was like even comfortable saying, nope, the next thing is yeah. coming. So I, I don't know. I go No, that. no. I think, it, so talking about the next thing that's coming, yeah. right? So we've talked about the past. We've talked about mm-hmm. the present. So then like, let's look to the future, right? Because um, there's this beauty in the Jewish faith uh, of this constant call to remember. Yes. Remember, remember God, remember your faith, remember your story, remember who you are, mm-hmm. remember where you're from, right? Yeah. Taking Joseph's bones, that's an important symbol for the Jewish people because Joseph was the culmination of their story in Genesis. Right. So bringing that with them meant remembering everything that had come before, but not in a way to, to keep them anchored and stuck, right? Yeah. God doesn't want Israel stuck in what they've known before. God is constantly pushing the Israelites to the next thing, mm-hmm. to the next victory, to the next experience, to the next challenge that they need to overcome, right? right? God is always pushing them to be future-oriented, but with that connection to their past, yeah. to that connection of remembering and of memory. And so, you know, Reagan and I were talking about this, this theme of bringing the bones with you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, at first we read that, we were like, that's kind of a creepy phrase. But then the more we thought about it, we thought, you know, there's something beautiful in that because yeah. it forced them not just to, you know, Joseph knew they were going to experience new victories. They knew that God was going to take them new places Correct. when God does this thing. Yeah. Bring my bones with you. But I think Joseph knew something about God that, that we need to remember too, and that God wants us not just to celebrate the individual victories or, or, to, or to be grateful for the individual moments mm-hmm. when God proves faithful or when those promises come true, right. but I think God desires us to build this foundation of memory, right? Now, Lover's Lane's really good about this, actually. Yes. So in this way, I feel like I'm just sort of saying, like, yes, keep doing this. <laughs> because we know the stories of Tom Ship and the stories of Don Benton, the, the stories of Bill Bryant, the stories that have happened during Stan Copeland's tenure. We, yep. you know, on the staff, we know the stories of all the different associates that we've worked with. And, and, and so let's talk about that in the context of our lives. 
you know, I think Joseph is reminding us that when God proves faithful, bring the bones with you. And by that, I mean add that moment when God is faithful to the long line of memories. So that when you celebrate it, you're really not just celebrating the one moment. You're celebrating the entire long line of memories. Mm -hmm. And then you can really praise because you're saying, not just look at what God has done today. Look at what God has done for so long. Right. Um, Do you want to say a word about that? Yeah, I think the bones in this way don't represent death. They really do represent new life and new beginnings. Um, The fact that when they got to lay those bones, they're like, this is the start of something ahead and we remember what it all took to get us to this place right. and we're going to go. So I, I, looking at the bones differently and, and realizing, yeah, that it really can mean, can mean life in a way. So, so I'm, Reagan and I are going to bring the bones with us, right? Yes. When we go to our new churches, when I'm pastor at Arapahoe UMC and Reagan's at Christ in Plano, mm-hmm. you know, when we stand at those pulpits, we'll remember yeah. the pulpits here at Lover's Lane. And when we stand at those communion tables, we'll remember the importance and how we were taught, really, and grounded in our communion liturgy and what it means to invite all to God's table here at Lover's Lane. When we hold babies to baptize, when we, when Reagan continues in marriage ministry, you know, we're going to remember those beginnings. We'll remember having our own children baptized, our own wedding here at Lover's Lane. We're going to bring the bones with us, and we hope that you will too. Mm-hmm. That you will continue to be a church that knows its story and that celebrates all that's come before but never gets stuck in it. Yep. Never wishes we could go backwards, right? Mm-hmm. God always propels us forwards. And, and we're just thankful that we get to be a couple of associates that join that long line yep. of pastors that have been so well-loved and so well-prepared for the next thing here at Lover's Lane. And so we're grateful We also have so much peace about this transition. We hope that you do too. And most of all, we look forward with expectation. We're excited about our next opportunities, but we're also excited to see how God leads you, the people of Lover's Lane, and specifically you, the people of Thrive, to follow Pastor Andy's leadership here in this service and to to await with expectation those new victories, those new overcoming challenges, those those new moments when when you say, wow, God truly has been faithful once again, and add that to the list. Bring the bones with you. I think that's all we have to say that's today. That's all we have. Thank yeah. you, Lover's Lane. Let's pray. Okay. You want me? To, or you got it. You got it. Okay. You're, you're, you passed. You got a better grade <laughs> in praying in seminary than I did. Um, God, we obviously have a lot of emotions today. Um, but this message was so good for us to wrestle with and look at this week to remind us um, what has been and what is ahead thank you so much for the way that you have prompted us the way that you have prepared lovers lane the way that you have prepared pastor andy the way that you have prepared us um, for a new thing we are eternally grateful to you god because we know we are not here we are not the people the pastors we are without who you are and what you've done. And because the way this community has loved us and encouraged us and challenged us, we are better for it. We give you thanks, we give you praise, and may um, we go forth from this place obedient and faithful and living into your call. In your name I pray.